On this month's show, our special guest is Ian McNeil, owner of Glass Distillery. We'll talk about happenings like Eastlake Bar and Grill closing, the new Hatch Cantina in Belltown, and all sorts of fun events coming up. You'll hear it all on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... The Resort at Port Ludlow, nestled on the shores of Puget Sound, just an hour from Seattle. The Resort at Port Ludlow offers 37 cozy rooms, each with a fireplace and jetted tub. And Fireside, a farm-to-table restaurant celebrating the bounty of local farms, artisan meats, and cheese. The dinner menu changes daily to reflect the best the region has to offer. Their 18-hole golf course is appreciated by players of all skill levels with stunning views throughout. The 300-slip marina offers many amenities along with kayak and watercraft rentals. Find more information online at portludlowresort.com. Hello, everyone. This is Wayne Johnson from Fair Start. I am here to welcome you to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to our June show, number 2206. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Yeehaw! Uh-oh. Texas? No. Ellensburg. Ellensburg. Yes, Ellensburg. <laughs> <laughs> We're going soon. We'll have, we'll have things to tell you about Ellensburg on our next show, I'm sure. But today... I wanted you to bring up a website that someone had mentioned to you that you got kind of into, and it's very interesting. Tell us a little bit about that. So this is a, a website where you can go and waste your time. It's called The Board Panda, and we are talking about a page they have called 30 Informative and Fun Food Charts for Anyone Trying to Eat Smarter. And um, I, I was intrigued by some of the charts, and I see that you were too because mm-hmm. you made some notes here. Yeah. Uh, the watermelon picking tips. I didn't know all that stuff. I didn't know. You know what? I'm, I guess my mother never took me shopping with her or something. I never really know how to pick, up good, pick out good fruit. But this gives you um, four ways to pick out better watermelons like by the ground spot so if it's white it's probably tasteless if you've got an orange spot it's going to be delicious there's a webbing kind of the brown webbing you see if it's smaller webbing it will be bland if it's larger webbing it will be sweet stuff like this the, yeah. they've got a thing about the, stem and the size tail. of the watermelon yeah and and the gender the male is kind of elongated and it's watery if it's rounder it's the female and it's sweeter Ah, right. I never knew this stuff. It's fascinating. The elongated, watery male. Yeah, you know, Uh-oh. story of my life. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were talking about they were talking about preparing your own food, yeah, so you can get in touch with your body. This is kind of a, a weird little connection I'm making between these two things. But right now, I'm taking one of those online defensive driving courses. Oh yeah, and uh, they talk a lot about. Everybody needs to 
be physically fit, you know, because it's going to help you driving. But older people especially, um, because being physically fit sharpens your mind. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about um, if you're preparing your own food and getting more in touch with your body, cooking can actually improve small motor skills, strength, patience, health, well-being, a sense of smell and taste, and, of course, increased knowledge of world and different cultures if you're doing some ethnic foods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought that's an interesting thing. Basically, we should all know if we're more physically fit, we're going to be mentally fit. And that can't hurt any of us. So just another reason to cook at home and learn some new skills. Yep. Then uh, they had a thing about Nutella, and they had a breakdown, an image of a, a breakdown of what's in Nutella. A lot of bad stuff in the actual brand name Nutella. And, uh, you know, a couple months ago I wanted to have some Nutella, but I didn't want to have the kind that you buy at the store. I wanted to make my own, and I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so much better and so much better for you. When you eat it, you're actually eating something that's good for you, not full of sugar and chocolate. Mm-hmm. And instead you're getting like, you know, cacao and real hazelnut and Mm-hmm. So uh, they copied me, I think. Yeah, uh, you know who doesn't really? <laughs> they had a little thing too about fruits your dog can eat, and I thought that was good, except that I would say just don't feed your dog fruit. But there was certain things that they could eat, and that actually, just like in humans, have a good a benefit for you. They also had an. A thing about apples on a scale from tart to sweet, which is kind of a cool thing to yeah, that's know. That's kind of a handy little chart. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, and the, and the, the fruit your dog can eat, you know, that can apply to to cats. Uh, not the same fruits, maybe, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it, cats and dogs can eat a lot of stuff that we eat. You know, mm-hmm. they can eat apples, they can eat carrots, they can eat eggs, they, they can eat bacon. Just yeah. don't give them, you know, a lot. Yeah. Just give them a little bit of, of bacon, especially if it's like an organic bacon. That's that's not mm-hmm. going to be bad for the cat or the dog. And, uh, yeah, my son, he, he just like throws chopped carrots down for his dog and she eats them all up. Yeah. Yeah. She likes those carrots a lot. Yeah. 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 And that spice combo yeah. chart, that was really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to print that one out and. Keep it handy. Yeah, it gives you like um, Indian, Vietnamese, Italian, Mediterranean, Mexican, uh, basic barbecue dry rub, uh, chili soups and stews, Cajun, and it just gives you the kind of herbs and spices that that work well. To go with, yeah. Yeah, and so it just really helps you kind of say, oh, I wanted to do this. What would I look for? What it doesn't do is give you the portions. So you're going to have to do a little more homework if you yeah. start with that chart. Um, and, I, you know, they say it's simple barbecue, but real simple barbecue is uh, salt, pepper, paprika, and brown sugar. Yeah. And theirs has about eight ingredients in it. Yeah. So, but that's okay. You know, it's, it's always fun to try different stuff, different ways. Yeah. Uh, I like the banana chart too. I thought that was really good. Yeah. And I didn't know that a, that a uh, uh, unripe banana was full of prebiotics. Did I did not know that. Yeah, I I kind of avoid uh, unripe bananas because they're just harder, and you know. But and then I had uh, I, I I like the egg chart. 
because oh, yeah. it showed you how a floating egg is is like an old egg. Yeah. And so I I put an egg in the bowl of water the other day, and it, and it was it was floating up on top, but there was a lot of bubbles coming out of it. So Ooh. I figured I actually made that egg younger because once all the bubbles came out, then it went to the bottom like a normal <laughs> younger egg. Honey, if there's holes in the eggshell, not a good thing to eat. <laughs> not a good thing to eat. They also have a little chart about knowing your coffee, and it tells you what's in every drink, like cappuccino and latte and Americana, mocha. Yeah. It's it's very interesting to see that, too, if you don't know, if you're trying to get into it. So if you want to dig this up, uh, you're going to go to – well, I would do an internet search for uh, Bored Panda it's just board food pa- charts. That's yeah. what I would do. If you go to BoredPanda.com, it shows you everything that they do, so you yeah. have to wade through that a bit. But anyways, moving on. Where have we been eating out? Well, I'll start. Um, I was meeting a friend from West Seattle, so I thought, well, let's meet in Burien for lunch. So I started looking around, and there's a place called the Burien Fish House. It sounded kind of that name sounds nice to me, like it might have been a restaurant, a nice restaurant. I wasn't sure, but I looked at the menu and it looked okay, not horribly expensive. So. We met there, and actually, it's like an Ivers. I mean, it's a little fish and chip shop. Huh. And uh, it was really pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I, I'd never heard of it before, and, and my friend Jeff was like, oh, I love that place. So I was like, okay. It started to sound like it wasn't going to be a restaurant when you started talking about it. I thought maybe it was going to be like a place that, where Retail. fish would uh, you know, check in and have a place to live while they <laughs> were in between. Older fish, you know, that no one wants. <laughs> So sad. So sad when families turn on them. Um, yeah, that that was actually pretty good. Jeff and I both agreed that it's not as good as Sunfish over in West Seattle. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard to get to West Seattle right now. So, um, The next one I want to talk about was something you talked about before was Tian Fu at Northgate. Mm-hmm. You were not pleased because it's supposed to be Szechuan and you didn't find a lot of hot food. No. Um, spicy food. I actually did find that same thing. We got some Szechuan green beans, and I didn't think they were very hot, very spicy. Um, I walked in, and they have these tables with these big square chairs on them yeah. that are carved. It looked really cool. I, but then you sit on them. Yeah, they're hard. They're hard, and also if you sit on a chair like you would, you've still got about a foot behind you before you hit the back of the chair. Yeah. So you can't. Relax at all. Well, you have to sit upright with, with really no, with no back. With no back because it's like twenty inches behind you. Uh, uh, the whole place is freaky to me. You gotta you gotta order everything online with mm-hmm. your phone. It's not an app, but you go to their website and you tell them yeah. what table you're at. And I I had a little trouble with it because there was so much on their on their website that I kept going through, and I finally said, okay, well we'll do these green beans, and she looked at it, and she goes, well, you're on the lunch menu. So <laughs> then I wasn't even on the dinner menu. I mean, it was really a little frustrating. She And she was very nice. She said, you know, I've got a bigger little pad here. Let me order for you. So they don't just hang it out to dry if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But um, I wasn't overly impressed with the food. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything special. And they still don't have their liquor license. And then when you – oh, yeah, that's a problem. 
Uh, and when when you order it online, I didn't see a hot button. You can't tell them what star no. heat you want on no. the food. You're just going to get get it the way the guy is going to make it that day. Yeah. So disappointing. I was hoping you were wrong, and I was going to say, "Oh no, it's really good." But I. Okay, we have a lot of Asian places on here, so I'm going to cut in and do uh, one that I went to. Okay. <clears throat> kind of break up the Asian restaurants. <laughs> um. 32 Barn Grill, located in the new Kraken Community Practice Complex. I Dang. guess that's what they – I don't know what they call that. Yeah, it is the practice stuff at Northgate. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I knew that the restaurant was headed up by the people who had done FX McRory's. Mm-hmm. And so – I had a little extra time, and I thought, well, let me go. Let me go finally check this out because we've been talking about going. We just never go. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, good. Um, I sat up at the bar. Uh, the inlay on the bar is all a ton of hockey pucks from all over. Oh, that's what that was. You sent me yeah, the picture, are, but I was clueless. I didn't ho- know hockey pucks. Okay. Um. Prices weren't bad. Uh, wine, $6 for a glass of house wine. That's like unheard of in yeah. Seattle anymore. Yeah. Um, I had the pulled pork sandwich, and it was quite good. It wasn't too too moist, and it wasn't too dry. Um, I didn't need more sauce on it. Mm-hmm. It was quite good. And then um, they were all you know fresh-cut French fries. Out of real potatoes. So, uh, you know, the, one of the ways I like my fries is with the skin on mm-hmm. them. So there's plenty of potato skins on those fries. And uh, I'd go back. I thought that was quite good. And I think you told me it was $18 for the sandwich. 18 for the sandwich, 6 for the glass of wine. So a total of 24 Then with your tax and your tip, it, it wound up being 30 bucks. And I got to say that's an expensive lunch for one person, but it's not out of range these days. That's kind of what you expect nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like anywhere I go, if I'm going to sit down and have a cocktail with my meal, it's going to be $30 minimum Mm -hmm. for for that. Yeah, it is. But uh, lots of TVs inside, good place to go and watch games. And I'm sure even if it's not a hockey game, there's going to be football games and baseball Mm -hmm. games and all that running. Can you see the practice yeah, you can. Yeah, you yeah. can. Uh, especially if you get a table. If you get a table, yeah. you can see down into the practice area. When I went in, um, it wasn't the crack and practicing on the left side, but they were on the right side. Oh, okay. And then when I left, they were on both sides. Oh, okay. So, um, and I, th- I thought there's going to be a third rink in there, but I don't think they've built that yet. Oh, okay. But there's two. Yeah. So. I don't know if you're a hockey fan. There must be a way to be able to get in there with your friends and practice playing or whatever. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I think I read something about that. I don't know if it was just before they really opened it up, you know, and started using it as a practice thing, or if they'll always do it. But I thought there was something about that. Yeah. Well, it does say community, so I, I think yeah. they're going to cater out to the community yeah. of hockey. You know, now we're going to have uh, we're going to breed all these young hockey players. That's what I was going to say. You know. That would be the perfect place to bring little little hockey guys uh, and girls to come in and, and uh, practice and learn what it's like to be on a big rink. So then you went to Ballard. 
We went to Ballard, and we went to the Sen Noodle Bar, which I'd kind of had an eye on for a while just because I'd seen the name and I like noodles. It it was, for me, a, a bit of a disappointment. It wasn't just incredibly good and flavorful. It's just, you know, it's a lot of either stir-fry or um, noodle dishes. And I had the sort of the satay thing. It was a peanut butter sauce on the noodles. And mm. it was fine. I mean, but I feel like I could have almost produced that at home. It It wasn't. There's not something magical happening there. You mean like you just go out and get some top ramen and, and put in a little bit of oil and you're yeah, done? Get some of those Rose's Chinese noodles and throw some <laughs> get, jiffy get on it. Get a little cat food and chunk it down yeah. in there. Maybe to get, you get, to, yeah. get the chunky uh, barbecue get... chuck wagon cat food. <laughs> oh, no, yuck. <laughs> much, much better than that. And the people were very nice. I mean, it's if you want something like that, there were... People in there with their uh, – there's one couple in there with a, a baby. Um, so it's a family kind of place, and um, it's close to the theater. We'd gone to the movie. So and So then we came up with this idea when we were on our little junket a month ago mm-hmm. back in April that you and I were going to go out and do a series on or, – or an article on places to eat near the ferry dock. Yeah. And lo and behold, some other editors in town beat us to the punch editorially. And I don't know. They must have heard us talking or something. They love to copy us. They just copycatted us royally. (laughs) So anyways, we did uh, take the ferry one day over to Bremerton. And our specific goal was to go to eat at Khao Soi. Yeah, Khao Soi. The Taiwanese... The Taiwanese? No, I don't know. Some kind of Asian restaurant. Oh well, yeah, it's Thai. It's, it's Thai food. It's Thai food. Not Taiwanese, but yeah. Thailand. So we uh, we landed in Bremerton and walked across the Manit Bridge and had lunch there. Oh, that was pretty good. I actually liked it. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. I wouldn't say that it was good enough to pay for ferry passage back and forth because, you know, really that's a, like a day commitment to go over to Bremerton yeah. on the ferry, on the passenger ferry, and then come back. Um, and we talked about this last month. The one, that, the one that's, that's the definite you got to go is, is uh, Bossa, Bossa on, on Bainbridge. Bainbridge. Yeah, which – um, they weren't included in the other people's article that we talked about. So yeah. so we scooped you on that, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Tapasa uh, is delicious. It is. The other thing we found out about going to Bremerton, you know, we're, uh, I think, living in a, a step away from reality on this. But we just thought the ferry runs, you know. And now to go to Bremerton – you go at 10 or you go at 12.30. Yeah. And when you're coming your home, schedules. it's like one thirty, and the next one's 4.20. Yep. So you're either going to, you know, and even if you are right on that and doing it, it's still a good half a day or more. Oh, trip, easily. You know, so. Oh, yeah, you're going to leave your house at 9 to get down to the ferry dock, and then you're going to get back home to your house about 4 in the afternoon. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and. If you're paying for it, we happened to go on the free weekend when they were changing the Orca system around. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to pay for the ferry, which was nice. But um, normally, a couple people walking on is still going to be, what, 15 bucks a piece or something? Yep. Is it that much? All right, so, real quickly, let's go through what we've been making at home. Okay. 
It will be quick because for some reason I've been doing normal stuff we've already talked about. But the one new thing I did was the America's Test Kitchen Beef Enchilada Casserole. Mm-hmm. And that turned out really well. That's really good. It's very good. And, and we had leftovers. I, I halved it because it was to serve like 8 to 10 or something. Uh-huh. So I halved it. And we still had, you know, leftovers for both of us. And I liked it the next day almost better. Yeah. I want to do the full version I, I've actually taken and, and modified what they had and made it a little more uh, keto friendly mm-hmm. or you know healthy friendly. Yeah. And uh, I make the whole thing, and then I want to freeze up portions. Yeah, because it's supposed to make uh, it's supposed to serve. I think eight when you do the full one. Yeah, eight to ten. Yep. So yeah. All right. So then uh, I took a, an Eros Campoyo recipe and I. Chop that up and put it back together again. And for those of you who actually speak Spanish, that would be arroz. Arroz con pollo. <laughs> and uh, wow, that was an amazing bunch of flavors. And uh, we're going to run that in the June issue of Seattle Dining. That is so good. So that went very well. Um, had a, a really nice, some people might call it a picadillo, but it was a sofrito. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the chicken thighs, I used organic chicken thighs, which means if you eat the skin, uh, you're not doing yourself a disservice in terms of health. Mm -hmm. Uh, Organic chicken skin is perfectly fine to digest, uh, and you're not going to clog your arteries up doing it. So that's how I made it. And uh, doggone it, I'll be darned if I'm not making it again tonight. Yes, and I'm very excited about that. Mm. And then uh, I made some crab cakes. And again, I took a couple recipes. Uh, Wanted to go for a keto one so that I didn't have flour in there Mm -hmm. or or a grain flour. I've got almond flour in it. And uh, we used a little bit of shrimp together with the crab. And the problem with crab cakes right now is if you want to get them out at a restaurant and they're any any good, uh, either they're going to be way expensive or the restaurant where you used to get them won't even sell them right now because mm-hmm. they're so expensive. And so uh, for us, for four crab cakes, I spent $40 on food. Yeah. The, so um, if you were to do a, a restaurant markup of 3X or 4X, uh, you're talking about, you know, um, hundred twenty bucks for yeah. two people. That's sixty dollars per serving. Yeah, that's why a lot of people pulling crab cakes off the yeah. menu right now. And and at the store where where we both bought crab, it's sixty nine ninety nine a pound for for a shuck, shucked crab. Yeah, shucked. You know, so it's uh. So what you do is you you get the shell, you get the crab in the shell, and you have a shucking party right after lunch. <laughs> And then you brine that up with the shrimp, and then by dinner time you're ready to go. <laughs> and uh, we are running that in the June issue yeah. as well. Yes. So lots of good stuff coming your way. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some wines you've been drinking, and we'll talk about news bites. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by. Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, my name's Alan. I live on Lower Queen Anne, and some of my favorite restaurants are Canlis and Toulouse Petite. This is Josh from LaCoin, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. 
Welcome back to the June Seattle Dining Show. You are here with me, Connie Adams, and Tom, owner and publisher of Seattle Dining. Tom! Tom! Tomcat! <laughs> Tomcat who loves wine. Let's talk about wine. Mm, I'm going to let you take this first one because you were the finder of this. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I bought it and I shoved it away into my cooler. I never really thought about it. And then it just sort of came up as something to drink that night. And so we opened it up. And, you know, we were just talking about the Eros Campoyo. Eros Roll those R's, baby. And so um, what we had with that, which some people are going to say, well, that's crazy. You're supposed to have white wine with with chicken. We had a radius Cabernet. <laughs> and it was it was shockingly good. Shockingly good for not a big price. No, it was like twenty bucks. No, it was, oh. no, it was uh it was, twelve. Was yeah. It was less than the Chardonnay and the Chardonnay was thirteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. It was it was twelve dollars, eleven ninety nine. And uh, I had bought this over at the uh, Northgate Total Wine, and 13.5% alcohol, kind of dark in color, and uh, just delicious. We, we, we opened up the bottle, and we poured it through the Venturi into a carafe and let it sit for a little bit in that, the plastic carafe, I might add. <laughs> because he has a cat. And, oh, my God, that's full of cherries. It had tons of cherries in it, lots of dark fruit flavor, really good nose, a little bit of earthiness. And uh, I went back out and bought another six bottles. Yeah. And I went went out and bought. bought, And when I went and bought the six bottles, the sign said, our number one favorite with our customers. Isn't that funny? Because I'd never seen it before. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Yeah. And I don't remember seeing that when I first bought it. So I was blown away by it. Yeah, you know, we go there often enough. There's a joke about uh, you would think that the wine would know enough just to come out of the store and get in the car when I honk. You know, that's how often we're there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really stop and think about that. <laughs> it's I'm, a car. You know, I'm a visual guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of the wine it's... coming out of the store. <laughs> Jumping in the car. Um, well, I liked it so much, and so I thought, well, I went to get some, and they had the Radius Chardonnay there, too. They also have a Red Blend and a Merlot. So I thought, oh, yeah, let's try the Chard. It was a 2019, 13.5 alcohol by volume, light in color. Um, I didn't get a lot of nose. I did get a hint of grassiness, but it wasn't overdone. Um, oddly enough, we didn't finish that bottle. And I actually liked it better the next day, and I had it with food. And I think maybe that was the difference. Right. You liked it, though, even though we were just drinking it on its own. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to go buy a bottle of that and do it with food. In fact, I'm going to buy one of everything that's on the shelf from Radius. Yeah. Uh, I'm very intrigued by what they're doing. And, you know, their website is kind of it's kind of like a secret of who owns yeah. and, and who runs. Only thing you see is the winemaker on the website. Yeah. So, but I don't think he's an owner or, or uh, uh, you know, like a general manager or anything. So, yeah. it's something we're gonna suss out. And it seemed like they didn't have a tasting room. Mm. 
So I don't yeah. know what's – I've got to find out more about these yeah. radius guys. But um, I told my cousin in California about it because he always says, if you find a good deal on Washington wines, I love them. Let me know. And so I mentioned the Cabernet to him, and he goes, oh, my God. The Merlot, the Radius Merlot, was oh, maybe okay. the best wine find of my life. Wow. He's in Sacramento. Wow. So who knows? Well, you guys quit shipping that stuff down there. We need it up here. <laughs> <laughs> so the third one we wanted to talk about was the Waterbrook Sangiovese Rosé, 2020 out of Walla Walla, 11.2 alcohol. It was eight ninety three at the Queen Anne Safeway, but, you know, they're getting ready to close, so they were doing a 10% off. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a light-colored rosé. You said perfume, watermelon, raspberries. Taste of melon, but not explosive. Maybe some cranberries and pomegranate. And we paired it with the ham and cheese and apple sandwich, which will be in the June issue as well. Uh, and found it didn't work together, so don't uh, don't drink that with that. Um, when we paired it with that sandwich, we got the sweetness of the wine and nothing else. So the the wine actually I liked, and I would it's good on its own, and we'd buy it again. Yeah. So. And I, I, I want to kind of follow this up by saying that, you know, we, we talk about wines, and I, I wasn't really happy with the way our discussions were coming mm-hmm. together. And when we were on our junket out, on, uh, out in Port Townsend, I bought a copy of Madeleine Pouquet's Wine Folly book. And you always see these, like, uh, little tiny notebooks that you can get, and you can make your tasting notes and mm-hmm. all that. But I really got into her book, and I came up with it's, – it's not a little tiny tasting notes. It's an eight-and-a-half by 11 sheet now that we have. So every time we taste wine, we're going through probably about 15 points on there mm-hmm. to fill in. So we really – because I want to give I want to give the listeners the best – information i can give mm-hmm. and i i think we're doing a better job and yeah so yeah and we're focused on you know what you want to know someday we might want to publish that up just for people to have and uh, of course you know if if understanding if a wine has body or not isn't something that registers with you then go for it and learn yeah. more about tasting wine yeah it's one of the things too when you started bringing this up and we started talking more about what does it taste like to you. I There was a point in time where I did a lot of tasting at restaurants. Um, sometimes the sommeliers would have special events, and for a small, back then it was pretty small amount of money, you could go and, and taste five wines and, and hear the person talk about them. Mm-hmm. And we've gone to other things when people come into town. But I haven't done that in a long time, and I am kind of losing that knowledge. Yeah, and so it would. I think that's something we'd probably like to do as as people start ramping up again. I'm losing my sense of taste. Yeah, and my sense of smell. Well, maybe I'll get COVID. it back. You're, you're no, I never had COVID. <laughs> I'm one of the few people on the planet that hasn't had it yet. So you think? Well, I, I hope I never get it, but <laughs> yeah. Everybody goes, Tom. Don't worry about eating organic food. Yeah, now you're the one who... Of course, I eat organic food, too, and I did get it. Yeah, you did. Oh, well. That's because you go to Taco Time. That is not where I got it. (laughs) Oh, he just... he got it from a burrito. (laughs) (laughs) You hate it when that happens. All right, let's go to news, Mike. Yeah, and as always, you know, 
we put some things up here, but there's a lot more online. So if you want to go to seattledining.com and click on News Bites, you'll find even more. But one of the things we mentioned up front here is that September of this year marks the end of East Lake Bar and Grill. After 18 years, the landlord is redeveloping the property. Not an unknown story anymore. So Gentrification you know, of East Lake continues. Yeah, and you know that they had the deck and then they had the upstairs for little private events with another deck. Mm-hmm. Killer, killer views over the lake. So... They're going to go big all summer long. Um, nostalgic drink features, parties, live music on the deck every Saturday through August 27th from 5 to 8. So go on down and enjoy that that location. Yeah. Suck in those sunny days in exactly. Seattle. Suck in that happy hour in Seattle. Mm, so nice. Um, Avenia, which does really makes really good wines, they have an estate tasting room that is now open in Benton City. So another place to check out out there. Eli Traverse is going to manage the vineyard property and tasting room, and his wife Shelley will manage the guest house, which should be open mid-June. So that's going to be quite a thing, a little guest house. Benton um, City? Yeah. I thought they had like a gas station and a hardware store. Well, yeah, but Red Mountain's in Benton City. No, Basically, that's... I know. I was always surprised it wasn't more of a buildup around yeah. Benton City for, for stuff like this. Well, Glad you know, to see it. when you go past that little area there is like a grocery store and yeah. The, yeah it's not huge but yeah and then we went up that road just a little north and we had those uh we had some like prime rib sandwiches oh, yeah. or something one day they were so good with some of that Kiona. oh yeah uh uh starts with a l limburger limburger yeah mm-hmm. oh my god and that not that's Kiona, one of those meals i'm never gonna forget i know and it's gone too the little place we ate at is gone yeah mm. Renee Erickson of Sea Creatures is going to open another spot in the South Lake Union Amazon area. Mm-hmm. It's going by the Spheres in the Doppler building. It's going to be called King Leroy, opening in June. It's a rock and roll dive bar. So this is not her normal food. She's going to do southern fried chicken wings and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what are we going to have, like like live music at night or... I doubt it. I mean, I don't know if it's picked up at all, but that was one of the complaints about South Lake Union is the restaurants couldn't make it at night because yeah. everybody leaves. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's changing. Hmm. Um, Fonte Coffee Roaster. You know, they have their kind of flagship place across from the Seattle Art Museum. Yeah, and they sell coffee around at different places. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a restaurant, too. I mean, I went in there and had a charcuterie plate and stuff like that. But they really aren't doing that there. They're going to open a new flagship coffee shop and restaurant in Rainier Tower. You know, the one that's been so ripped up and is now almost almost there. So that's going to be later this year. Well, that's the one next door to where the, the uh, new Amazon building is. No, this is right downtown on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Oh, is there a new Amazon yeah, building? Rainier Tower, the one with the yeah. little... Yeah. Small on the bottom, big uh-huh. on top. Yeah, next door to that is where the Amazon building is. Okay. I always thought that when they excavated for the Amazon building that the Rainier Tower would fall over. <laughs> or at least look like the Leaning Tower piece. That would have been cool to have one of our own. <laughs> wow. Let's see. Moto Pizza is opening a second location this summer, 3131 Western Avenue. This is the place that's Detroit-style pizza, and they sell out. You have to, like, order in advance, and they sell out immediately. 
So yeah, that's, this is, a, that's a trend that's not going to last long. I'm wondering, yeah. But this, this place will have limited seating, self-pour beer, wine, and batched cocktails, and an automated pizza line. So it'd be interesting to yeah, go see. Yeah, that's what you want. You want to have you want to have self-pour cocktails and and beer and wine, and you want to run out before six o'clock. This is a, this is their second location. So okay. hopefully they won't hopefully be running. They out. won't be running. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's what they have a little chicken place down on Greenwood where they run out all the time. It's like. Yeah. You guys got to figure this out, man. You got to get some storage somewhere yeah. else up the block or something. You can't yeah. be running out of food by 5 p.m. Well, and I know for me, if I went and I was really hankering for something and I couldn't get it, I probably wouldn't go back because it's too disappointing. Well, yeah. And, and you know, you're supposed to order online ahead of time. So then they sell out all their food because they took online orders all day long. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, yeah. that don't work. Well, and I'm, this is, you know, a first world problem, but I don't know what I want on Wednesday, on Monday. You know, I don't want to order yeah. in advance, and and my schedule could change. We don't have a very solid, you know, predictable schedule. Yeah, so I don't think that's hard. that kind of activity is going to last long. Yeah, here's an interesting one that I just saw today. Uh, Grand Central Bakery is transitioning from ownership to what they call a perpetual purpose trust which is something somebody else started, and it apparently started in Washington. So it's a non-charitable trust established for the benefit of a purpose versus a person. So they want to, the trust will hold the ownership indefinitely, and the profits are used to further the mission and help stakeholders. So in, in Grand Central Bakery's case, that's local farmers, suppliers, employees, the communities they serve. So it won't be owned by any one person, and nobody's going to end up with money from that. But somebody manages the trust. Yeah, somebody will have yeah. to manage the trust. But I think that's kind of interesting. They don't want it to go away, and maybe they're having uh, succession problems. I don't know. Huh. But it's interesting that they chose to do that. Yeah. And, and we'll see who else is doing it. Yeah, maybe next week Essential will jump on board, and then Macrina after that. Hmm. <laughs> as long as they keep making their good breads. Roy Yamaguchi, you know Roy's in Hawaii yep, and, and, and now all over the place. He is partnering with the Puyallup tribe of Indians on a native and internationally inspired restaurant, oddly enough going in the former CI shenanigans in Tacoma. So they're looking at a 2023 opening and they'll be on Ruston Way. You think they'll have salmon? I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing. Maybe they have a little salmon barbecue pit right in the front, and you, you pull up and park your car, and there are actually, you know, butterflied salmon right there that are barbecuing. I think you'd probably have to order in advance and hope they don't run out. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Now, what banker wants to hear that, you know? <laughs> what, <laughs> bank, what lender wants to hear that? Oh, so you're just not going to make more even though there's a lot of people waiting. Okay. <sighs> this July, there is going to be a new rooftop bar called Altitude Sky Lounge on the top of the Astra Hotel in South Lake Union. They'll be doing craft cocktails, locally sourced charcuterie, beer and wine, and I know this is your personal favorite, a live DJ weekly. Oh man, I can't wait. Make sure you don't put me on that list for the media if the (laughs) DJ is going to be banging away there. We'll make sure that if we go, we go right when they start so we don't miss a note. Oliver's, which is 
you know, such a great place for cocktails at the Mayflower Hotel. Yep. They've started their happy hour again. It's coming back. So they've got some new cocktails for happy hour, and they're doing this daily starting at 3.30, Sunday through Thursday. It goes all the way to 10 p.m., and on Friday and Saturday, it goes all the way to 11. You know, you used to happy say— Happy hour? Yeah, and you used to— All the way until 10— Boy, I wonder what a drink costs if it's not happy hour. I Well, like any place else, it's probably 15 to $18. Wow. That's my guess. Wow. Um, but you always used to say happy hour should be for working people. They get off at 5, it can't end at 5. Well, I agree. So now you're going to have it I agree with myself. <laughs> as you so often do. There should be a working man's happy hour. It should start at 5 p.m. and end about 7. Yeah, see? That's reasonable. Um, this is going to make you happy, too. There's a new southwestern restaurant called Hatch Cantina that took over the old Belltown Brewing Space. Okay. Let me guess. Is that in Belltown? Yes, it is in Belltown. Oh, okay. How did you know? I kind of just guessed it. Okay. They're going to be open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 to midnight and then 1 a.m. on Friday, Saturday. So that's a nice, you know, late night thing. Cocktails, tequila flight, mezcal flight, lots of beer. Lots of shareable items like queso fondito, chili cheese cornbread, tacos, burritos. And they're going to do a late-night menu that ranges from 5 to $14. It's about five items. So hmm. they will have a little food there even late night. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to get an Uber and go check that out. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we got the calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Thompson Seattle, named the number one hotel in the Pacific Northwest by Condé Nast. Located in Seattle across from the Pike Place Market, this contemporary urban landmark features gasp-inducing views of the sound, elevated cuisine at Conversation, and more breathtaking views from their indoor-outdoor rooftop bar, The Nest. Find them online at thompsonhotels.com. This is JP. I'm from Lake City. And one of my favorite places to eat is Cafe Lago. Hi, this is Laura from Kestrel Winery in Woodinville in the Warehouse District, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show for June. You are with Tom and Connie, and we are heading into the calendar section where you find out what's happening around town. And as always, we cannot put everything in here, so feel free to go out to seattledining.com and click on calendar to see what else is going on. Just the highlights. Only the highlights. highlights. So uh, first one we got coming up is on June 2nd. Act fast. What day of the week is that? Oh, you know what? I was going to go out and look at all those and put dates in and I days in. That would be mm, Thursday. Okay. Uh five thirty PM. Sleight of hand wine dinner at the dining room at Salish Lodge and Spa. Uh, let me guess. That, that can't be too expensive. Oh, wait. Uh, $225 <laughs> per person 
plus the tax and the gratuity. Probably got to pay parking, too. And uh, you need to prepay. You can't just walk up in there and have them get you in. Uh, it's going to be five courses paired with sleight-of-hand wines. Winemaker Trey Bush will be on hand. Yes. Um, on June 5th, which is a Sunday from 3.30 to 6 p.m., there's a Drinkwell Zinfandel, Seattle, by wine, wine growers of Dry Creek Valley, and that'll be taking place at Bourbon Steak, Seattle. That's $75 for wine and food pairing, and you'll be transported to California wine country. More than 15 winemakers pouring more than 50 top-rated Zinfandel and other wines from Sonoma County, and there'll be a generous selection of past hors d'oeuvres and buffet bites by Bourbon Steak. We haven't been in there yet. That will be interesting. Yeah. Got to be better than STK. <laughs> All right. Uh, June 10th through the 12th, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, it's going to be Cider Smash Northwest Cider Festival at the Marina Park in Kirkland. Uh, this is going to cost you anywhere from $34.99 up to $79.99. Couldn't I just say 35 to 80? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Just go ahead. Um, depends on, you know, what you're going to buy into. There's going to be over 100 Washington Craft ciders, beers, and wines. Although the note says wives, I know it means <laughs> wines. And Who cocktails. would type that? Uh, arts and crafts will be on hand. Entertainment, games, my favorite always, DJs. DJs. Salsa dancing and tomfoolery. That's also your favorite. That should be sponsored by me. Yes, exactly. Uh, the street food market selection of foods and snacks from local food vendors will be inside and outside of the tasting garden. So much. That's how Marina Park is a pretty place. So, so is it is it thirty? Do we know the breakdown? Is the thirty five just going to get you in for the food, and then if you want the the liquor, that's going to get you. You know, I didn't 80? see any breakdown. It just said that price range. So I'm assuming the highest is probably going to be an early entry and more drink tickets and things like that. Yeah, you know, or maybe it's thirty five a day or eighty if you want to the, buy all, all three, three days. days. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. They'll they'll have to suss that out themselves. June 11th, Saturday, from noon to 3, there's a rosé tasting and market on the mezzanine at Lark. That's 65 per person. Tickets are required, and you can purchase them on the website. You'll be sampling a global selection of new release rosés. Um, and they said they're not, uh, like, massively produced. These are smaller, smaller companies doing this. Um, plan for an hour to taste. And those wines will be paired with Mediterranean Bites from Lark. You can I love also... Mediterranean Bites. I do, too. They're and excellent. I think they like me as much as I love them, but <laughs> I know I love them. I think when you love something that much, they do love you back. You can also purchase wines or pre-order by the case for pickup on June 17th. And speaking of June 17th. Yeah. Friday, June 17th, 5 to 11 p.m. Saturday, June 18th. 4 to 10 p.m. is going to be the Summer Solstice Night Market at Magnuson Park. 
Now, as I recall, they tried to pull this off pre-pandemic, mm. maybe did one or two, and then it sort of had to go away. I think this might have said it was the second one. Okay. Might have been. Uh, it's free to go, and the parking is free at Magnuson Park. Uh, there's going to be over 100 vendors. There'll be food trucks, live music, interactive art experience under the stars. Wow. Nothing about a live DJ, but hey. let me guess. <laughs> they didn't say it, so maybe it's not. It says live music, so they don't need a DJ. Let's see. On uh, June 17th through 19th, Friday 4 to 9, Saturday noon to 8, and Sunday 11 to 5.30, it's the Washington Brewers Festival at Marymore Park. That is $35 online, $40 at the door. It is $10 to park your vehicle. It's a great way to celebrate Father's Day weekend, drinking beer, of course. And it's their 15th annual, so this has been going on a while. There'll be more than 400 beers from 100 Washington breweries. Just don't try to drink them all at the same time. Or in the same day, really. Yeah. Food trucks, live music stage, wine and cider, and all ages activities, so you can take your children to the beer festival. And our friend Harvey Gokerson has been known to work the... Uh audio out there. Oh, really? So he might, he might be on hand out there. I don't well, know. if he's ever speaking, go listen to him. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. And if he is speaking, you won't have to say a word. Exactly. <laughs> we love you, Harvey. <laughs> Let's see, Saturday, oh, this is your turn, actually, isn't it? Oh, Saturday, June 18th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. is the International Food and Cultural Festival in Kent, at the Showware Center. It's free to go. I don't know if the parking's free, but I guess mm. it is. I think, Yeah, I think it it's, is. It's Kent. You should have free parking. Well, and it's Kent. the Showware Center, so it's just like the big mall. So Yeah, don't yeah. be charging money for parking in Kent. That's <laughs> all I got to say. Uh, authentic cuisine, dance, music, native attire, cultural booths. It'll be a food court that features an international selection of foods. It will be open from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. So the hours are a little bit. Yeah, the food's drift. open. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when you go to these things, I'm telling you, don't eat a big breakfast before. Yeah. You want to go in there with an empty stomach. You've got four hours to chow down yeah. on all kinds of goodies. And you want to try things. Try some yeah. different stuff. Yeah, forget the, the four pancakes and three egg breakfast. Oh. Don't do that. Don't be going to Beth's that day. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, nobody's going to Beth's because no, they're not there. they're open again, I meant to tell you. Oh, I they, saw a sign that said they were going to open again, but I thought that was a year old. Yeah, I thought so too, but on their website, it does say that they're open from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Well, there you go. Bonus news bite. Bonus news bite. And they still have two sizes of omelets, six eggs or 12 eggs. Good so God. bring the family. Yeah. All right. Sunday, June 19th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., it's the Juneteenth celebration at Rainier Beach Community Center. This also is free. Again, food trucks, live performances, local vendors, and some kid-friendly activities. Well, is there enough food trucks to go around? You Man. Know, they're all, they got to be there all these different days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, June 24th through the 25th, Friday, Saturday, 
It's going to be the Gorge Blues and Brews Festival at the Skamania Fairgrounds. Yeah, kind of I our summer been home. there. Yeah. Uh, cost is going to be $5 to go in the gate. And then if you buy drink tokens. No. It's $5. $5 to $68. Yeah. Friday, it's 5 bucks at the gate and you get the entry and a glass. And you buy your own drink tokens. Okay. And it's $22 for a two-day entry. And $32 for a two-day entry with the glass. I'm not going to go through all this. This yeah. is all online on yeah. Seattle Dining. Um, but anyways, you know, Scamania Fairgrounds is a beautiful place. You're sitting there. Here we are in June. You're looking across the Columbia River. You're looking up at the basalt cliffs in Oregon. Mm -hmm. You're looking behind you at the basalt cliffs on the Washington side. It's it's lovely. If you uh, if you can make the trip down, you know you can you can stay at a hotel. You can stay at a fancy place like Skamania Lodge. You, you can, can tent camp. Yep. So uh, I highly recommend considering going to Skamania County for the Gorge Blues and Brews Festival. Yeah. The other thing is that um, the the big boy, the $68, gets you meet and greet with the bands who are playing. So if you're a musical lover and, and you really want to meet people, you can meet them after the concerts. So, Or the live DJ. You can meet the live DJ and tell them to turn it down. <laughs> No live G's, DJ Skamania. No hearing aids, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a calendar. We're going to uh, take a little break. We have a special guest coming into the studio, and we'll be right back to do an interview with them. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Whistlin' Jack's Outpost and Lodge in the heart of the Washington Cascade Range, where you can go to unplug, reset, and recharge. Stay in one of their refreshed cabins, relax in a hot tub overlooking an old-growth forest, and dine in their full-service Riverview restaurant. Find them online at whistlinjacks.com. Hi, this is Nathan Decker from Zillow, Washington. If you're ever in the area, you should stop by El Porton, located uh, at the exit in Zilla. It's a great Mexican restaurant. Hey, this is Chris Cashman from Take 5 on King 5, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Barron, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, front of the house, senior editor, and all kinds of other important important titles that and we roles. can't talk about here on the show. <laughs> and we have a special guest in the studio today. Connie, tell us, uh, introduce our special guest. Well, here. we are very fortunate to have Ian McNeil, the founder of Glass Vodka, Glass Distillery, that is in Soto, but he is 
soon to open in Woodenville. And that's really what we're here to talk about today. We recently did an interview with you, so we won't go into great detail on that, but we will let everyone know that both parts one and two of that will be on the trending uh, site on the home page, so they can go back and read that story. So glad you're here. Welcome. Hey, Connie, Tom, I am so glad to be here. And um, yeah, that was a great story that you wrote. Oh, thank you. It really, it it, um, it was insightful, and uh, I I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, get to know oh, us a little better. She probably put a bunch of stuff in there you didn't know about yourself. Huh? Oh my gosh, you made me sound so good. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I get this a lot. People will be like, "You really take good notes." <laughs> it's like. If you can read them, but yes, <laughs> I would agree with you. the The, the detail was uh, was perfect. But you know what? When I interview somebody, that's the interesting thing to me. It's those details, the little bits behind the story, you know, that make the story to me. Yeah. Well, so. you you recalled them and wrote them uh, very well. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, let's talk about Woodenville. It is not quite open yet. Not quite. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I know. Especially when we're here, but um, I am really excited to be part of that scene, and yeah. um, we're, we're already members of the Chamber of Commerce, so oh, I'm excellent. ready to get in. <laughs> <laughs> so want to open those doors. Yes. <laughs> um, give us a little rundown on how it all happened. I mean, in the in the story, the written story, we talked about you really are interested in grapes and wine, but you didn't want to compete, so that's why vodka came out because your vodka is made from grapes yeah yeah it's kind of a unique spirit um to to um to make from wine grapes Mm -hmm. um because primarily wine grapes obviously would go into wine and it takes a great deal of wine to distill down to get a really nice um high proof spirit which is what we call vodka Mm -hmm. but um i am so proud of the growers the fruit and what we produce in Washington State, that instead of competing against my friends, who some of them have been doing this now for 30 years, um, I want to support them, and I want to do something that's congruent with what they're doing, and uh, and do something a little bit different. We have a lot of wineries in the Washington State area. We do, and Woodenville's growing all the time, so you're going to go into an area where there are other wineries, but you're going to be doing the... The vodka. Yeah, and 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 I believe in um, in locating your business if you can in centers of excellence, and uh, Washington State being a center of excellence, mm-hmm. um, you can make vodka from wine grapes because we grow wine grapes in just about every state in the United States now. Yeah. Um, but where there are excess wine grapes um, or lots of production, there's going to be some that um, that don't get utilized. And there's going to be some wine that may not be the creme de la creme of what that particular winemaker was trying to make. Mm-hmm. Not all wine is, is $5 a bottle or $150 a bottle. Yeah. And um, it's, it's about that expression of the winemaker. And if they don't make what they want, instead of dumping it, I can take that wine. And while the specific expression that the winemaker was trying to make with the wine may not come out... I can extract through distillation that um, that wine alcohol and then purify through our distillation method to make a really nice tasting spirit that is uniquely Washington. And now you're bringing that to Woodenville. Exactly. 
So while the distillery is still in downtown Seattle, or for the most part, downtown Seattle mm-hmm. in Soto, I think that center of excellence or where people know to go taste and, um, and have the experience of wine tasting, there are already a couple distilleries, but not a lot. Yeah. And, um, and we fit so well with the wine community and that, that, that fun type of experience of wine tasting that um, I know it's going to be just a boom for our business and get to show people uh, what we're doing out in the, the Woodenville area. Yeah, and I'm sure you're um, close to other places, so there's going to be a little more foot traffic maybe than there is in Soto right now. Oh, yeah. In fact, we're, we're right next door to a little winery. Oh, great. And um, there's plenty around the corner. In fact, I just got noticed that there's going to be a uh, a new whiskey and wine facility right on the backside of our building. Oh, so fabulous. One draws the other. I yeah. think it's wonderful. Now, where whereabouts in Woodenville will you be? So we're on Woodenville Redmond Road Northeast. So we're sort of kitty corner from Janik and just north on the same road from uh, the Hollywood Tavern and oh, okay. Woodenville Whiskey. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Oh, perfect. And there is another distillery up there right now. There Pepper is. Bridge, Around the isn't, corner it? There. isn't it Pepperbridge? Uh, a Woodenville Whiskey. Woodenville Whiskey oh, is, right the, there. is yeah. the distillery that's right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about wineries up up that road. I say we're about a six iron from Janik. Okay. Maybe people are, <laughs> might hit a little farther for iron. You're just a drone's throw away. <laughs> just a drone's throw away. Exactly. Well, what made you choose that specific location? I mean, there's a lot going on in Woodenville. Uh, Connie, I'll tell you what made me choose it. Uh, there's no other choices. Oh, really? It is so booming right wow. now in Woodenville that um, there just aren't spaces available. So you yeah. have to kind of grasp at it when they came available. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it came available last summer, and that's when I got it. And we're yeah. just getting ready to open right now. Jeez. Oh, a long wait for everyone. Um, what do you want to offer to guests in terms of tastings and atmosphere? What's it going to be like inside? Well, it, what we're going to do different out in Woodenville that we we are offering currently in Soto. Soto is where we make it, so you can mm-hmm. see it, you can see the and, and experience that we've had. Um, it's a bigger space, so we used to offer um, locations to have events and oh, dinners, yeah. what have you. This is a smaller space. Think of this as sort of a, a boutique and glass art gallery where okay. you can taste our spirits and have a a, a cocktail. And those cocktails are going to change. Um, uh, every couple months, oh, good. and we're going to feature cocktails at um, at partner restaurants throughout the Northwest. Oh, nice! So if you go to um, Wild Ginger, for example, mm-hmm. one of the great cocktails they've had on their list for a long time is called a glass gimlet. So we're going to feature glass gimlets yeah. in that tasting room, mm. so that you can see what it's like. And then if you find a favorite that maybe you haven't visited that restaurant, mm-hmm. when you go to that restaurant, you've already got a favorite cocktail that um, yeah. the bartenders have created. So That's do they idea. make that with your vodka at Wild Ginger? Okay. They sure do. They okay. sure do, yeah. Yeah, and you've done that for I a number. I didn't know if they call it a glass gimlet because it came in a glass gimlet glass. Uh, yeah, and it's my <laughs> glass vodka. <laughs> Out of that beautiful glass bottle. <laughs> um, one of my questions was, you live on the east side now, which is a first for you. You've always been in Seattle. Yeah, forever. My gosh, my wife and I moved to the Pacific Northwest back in 1996. And um, while she's had some stints living in um, in different states, 
When I started the distillery back in 2011, we've always um, maintained a residence, um, be it an apartment or what have you, in in Seattle, Seattle proper. And it wasn't until just recently that we um, made the trek to the other side of Lake Washington. Yeah. So now when you've got someplace on the east side and downtown – yeah. How are you going to split your time? Uh, I'm equidistant. It's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of about equal distance from uh, from where I live to the distillery downtown and the tasting room out on the east side. And oh, um, nice. I'm not too uh, provincial in my ways of thinking because I, I just love the sort of the, the whole Seattle metropolitan area. And that extends for me. I mean – uh, maybe Olympia is too far to go for dinner, but Tacoma is not, and and wow. neither is Everett. So um, while we have great independent cities and towns, mm-hmm. um, I think of us as just one great region, and um, we have favorite dining spots in in all of these areas. Yeah. So yeah, going a few miles in one direction or the other to the tasting room or to the distillery, no problem. Not a big deal. Yeah. Um, what is happening? In terms of um, the Soto location. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to stay. It's going to stay for a little while. Um, we r- Right now, we have the manufacturing area there, and mm-hmm. we have a large tasting room and uh, a warehouse area. Uh, the future plans have uh, allowed us to move the warehouse to um, down in the Renton area. And then we're going to move the large tasting room back to the tasting area that was just in front of the distillery. There's a big glass wall that looks into the the distillery. And um, and that's going to be our Soto tasting room. So it won't be as sizable, mm-hmm. um, but it'll, it'll kind of offer the same type of service that is come in and taste the product and taste a cocktail and see the uh, mm-hmm. see the distillery if you want to do a tour. And then the Woodenville location will be, like I said, more boutique-y. Um, lots of my glass art's going to be there. Yeah. There's, that's sort of a hint on why I call it glass. Yeah. And uh, and then more of a cocktail lounge type setup. We have outdoor seating out there, so oh, nice. um, it'll be a place to sit out and enjoy those yeah. wonderful summer days in Seattle. Do you think you will ever have a location that's large enough to do events again? I think so. I think so. But but um, in in my um, not too distant future. We'd like to see if we can't locate some manufacturing and event space over east of the mountains and be closer to the wine because as we continue to grow, Mm -hmm. um, and as I said, it takes a lot of wine to produce the spirits that we produce, um, my shipping costs are going up and up and up. So as your listeners know, while there's lots of tasting rooms in Woodenville Mm -hmm. and there's a number of wineries in Woodenville, uh, there's no grapes in Woodenville. Right. It's very unique, Washington, in that um, unlike California or even in Oregon, we are not co-located with the places where we grow the grapes. Mm-hmm. The grapes are grown over in eastern Washington. And there's wonderful tasting rooms over there. But with the population epicenter being here west of the mountains, um, the wineries and now distilleries have learned that um, you can – have your location and a place to taste in one place mm-hmm. and have the production in another. But there are some economics involved in that. In shipping liquid, yeah. uh, it's expensive. Yeah. Especially today. Yeah. Oh my God. The cost of everything but gas and Yeah. Just and and, and shortage of drivers and things like that. That's gotta play into that. Uh it it really does because it's a it's a special kind of uh shipping that um when you're moving uh tankers, yeah. it's not just moving not... um uh, a flatbed truck. So Yeah. Wow. So much to think about. Yeah. Um 
What I know this is not an exact science, but when do you think you might open? Uh, in Woodenville, we are hoping to open in, in early June. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we're it's right around the corner. Yeah, perfect. We are days away. Yeah, I can't I can't resist all these sunny days. We only have I so know, many of them. I know. And I think that's why we love them so much in the Northwest, right? We do. Yeah. It's it's like eating outside. Yeah. People love it so much. I, I went down to a hotel in downtown Seattle one time, and they said, do you want to see our outdoor dining area? And I said, oh, I didn't even know you had one. And they said, oh, yeah. I walked out, and it was about a four-by-four four slab of concrete <laughs> with the three tables on it, and they were building something across the street. There were jackhammers, and people were out on the table having the best time. You're right, And Connie. it was like, okay, that's just how we are. Yeah. <laughs> when you get maybe 90 sunny days to sit outside and it's warm, yeah. and um, sometimes they're consecutive, you got to take use of them. Oh, you have to. And yeah. that leads us back to the well, east was, side thing. That all worked out good until the smoke season came in and broke up summer. <laughs> You're right, last year. God. Actually, the last couple summers have been some, yeah. some really terrible situations with that. So. Yeah, last summer was better. Last summer actually. wasn't too bad, but the two summers before oh, that were horrible. Man, I had um, I, I had ash in my Jeep with the, all the tops and doors and everything off, sitting behind the distillery from when we had the fires um, that got oh, so close. My God. Yeah, and it, it's just sort of unnerving. Yeah, it is unnerving when you're in a place that you think of as the Emerald City and so wet all the time, yeah. and thinking about that many forest fires. So, yeah. Oh, I hope it's better this year. Yeah. Although they're well, saying... Those darn Canadians. They yeah. keep sending us their smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and then Oregon started to burn. So what, yeah, what choice did gosh. we have? <laughs> what else do you want uh, listeners to know before we sign off here? Anything that you really want them to know about glass? You know, with with glass, I want people to know that, yeah, we, we are producing locally, that um, we're a small team of, uh, of folks that are really committed to bringing things that are made here to people's lips to have them taste it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to showcase what others are doing and doing so well. And that's why I, I like to showcase the wine, and that's why we produce it from Washington wine grapes. Mm-hmm. I love to showcase the glass art because glass, we have we have become the epicenter of the glass art movement in the world. Wow. Um, the, um, uh, the Seattle-Tacoma area has more glass artists that actually can make a living at what they're doing than just about anywhere else in the country, if not the world. Um, that's why I do call it glass. Mm-hmm. And um, and I want to showcase um, creative culinary-like experiences, but beverage experiences that these great mixologists and bartenders from all over the region use our spirits because we have not just a straight vodka, but we have flavored vodkas right. with honey and coffee and cinnamon. I was going to ask you, uh, you know, it, it's it's somewhat unusual to get vodka made with grapes. What about vodka made with apples or apricots? It, it is done as well. In fact, yeah. there's a couple spirits in Washington State that are made with apples. Is that you, something you see you, yourselves doing? Or? I can see that in, over in eastern Washington. Oh, yeah. Pears. Yeah. Um, those, uh, those spirits that are made with fruits are, are what – in the European cultures have been called eau de vies, and they're very prevalent in their um, in gastronomy there. But for us, um, we, we haven't had that prevalence in, in um, menus and, and whatnot. That's partly what we will bring to that. And that's mm-hmm. what we want to have people experience over in Woodenville. So it's going to be cocktails that are made by mixologists at other restaurants. Yeah. Not just what we come up with. I like what other people come up with. Well, that's a great use of, you know, the talent we have in the area. Yeah. And, and it's it's a really nice handoff, too, you know. You, know, you get some benefit and they get benefit. You got it. You got it. 
Connie and I like to drink uh, shakes. Yeah. You know, we make really good healthy shakes. But I could see on a Sunday morning putting in a little grape or apple or uh, coffee pear. Oh, let me tell you. Into my into my shake. Who would who would know? <laughs> who would be no. a boozy shake? You know? <laughs> we do boozy shakes over in the Soto tasting room. I see them coming to Woodenville as well. Oh, We've yeah. got the little um, mixers that look like the Slurpee machines at Seven Eleven, and uh, we have several boozy Slurpee cocktails. Oh. So you also do a really good Bloody Mary. Oh yeah, thank it's, you. It's got a nice spice to it, and uh, oh, it's good. It's called Mary, yeah. the Bloody Mary, refined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad to hear the glass is going to be over in Woodenville too, because that's uh, obviously a huge part of why you call it that. But it's just yeah. gorgeous, the tasting room and and Connie. We have this really, really cool surprise that people are going to see when they come to the tasting room. Um, I'm having a piece of outdoor art created. And um, I'm not going to describe it because it's really cool. You'll have to come see it yourself. Yeah, but it's going to be mostly visible from inside the tasting room and oh. maybe a little wink through the cedar trees on the outside. But it's specifically being designed just for this tasting room. And I'm sure it'll be a selfie location that people will oh, be yeah. diving Okay, into. just give us a, just one question. Is, is this being built with a chainsaw? No, it's actually it's actually being blown with pipes, oh so it God. is glass, ah, and yeah. um, it's something that you haven't seen. Yeah. It's not uh, it's not like any other artists uh, have done, and um, it was it's a bit of an experiment, but I, I think you guys are going to love it. Wow! Now I don't want to be negative. Yeah, but can it be broken? Can people damage it? Yes, of course. Oh. But all glass can be broken, and you know what happens? It just goes right back to the earth. Yeah. Um, I tell people um, when they get to the tasting rooms, people get too cautious and careful oh, yeah. around. I go, you know what? I have broken. <laughs> Sadly, my wife doesn't like to hear this, <laughs> but uh, I have broken beautiful pieces of art, and it's not on purpose. But you can't yeah. be sad because it's not meant to be broken, but it can it can make something else. Yep, I, get used again. I like having cats. So I have a plastic wine carafe. And yeah. I have plastic wine glasses <laughs> and plastic cocktail glasses. I've learned my lesson. But, Tom, that's also to, to, to keep your kitty's paws from getting all bloody if they happen to yeah. step through it. Yeah. Yeah. Or my feet after they break a glass. Yeah. Don't yeah. your feet always find that one little shard uh-huh. of broken yeah. wine glass? Yeah, the one you missed. Mine Always do. the one you miss. Yeah. If you need to find one, just invite me over. I'll find it for you. (laughs) Don't bring your shoes. Just come on over. Exactly. (laughs) Now, you're quite a cook, too. Is there going to be any food involved anywhere? Well, if I was going to give you guys a sneak peek, um, the answer is yes. Though we're not going to have full-time food, Mm -hmm. that same sort of partnership idea that I was telling you about with the cocktails, we're going to be doing that on Sunday mornings during brunch and our Bloody Mary (gasps) hours. So there'll be some little outside nibbles that um, that are going to be a part of it. And then um, sporadically, we're also going to do pop-up sushi dinners. And um, I'm sure you'll hear more about those, but they'll be for a Limited number of people, first come, first serve, chef's choice um, with featured sushi chefs from around the uh, Pacific Northwest, paired with vodka, of course. Of course. Wow. Oh, You know, that would be good, actually, because oftentimes if you don't want sake, what what pairs with sushi? Sometimes 
Not a lot, oh, you know. Vodka so pairs vodka. beautifully. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm, so many interesting little tidbits today. Oh, mm. if you if you pay attention, there was a lot. Yes. All right. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you so me much. Me too, Tom. Thank you for coming by. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Connie. Great to see you. Yes. Can't we'll wait to get out to your new room. Definitely. We will take a little break, and then we'll be back with some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Willows Lodge, nestled on five landscaped acres in Woodenville, bordering the Sammamish River, bringing wellness and wine country together. Enjoy the serene spa or relax in front of the cozy stone fireplace in every room. Steps away, enter the Barking Frog, a fine dining experience you won't forget, featuring seasonal menus, memorable service, and one of the most extensive wine lists in the Pacific Northwest. Step into the Fireside Lounge, an indoor-outdoor casual spot on-site that's perfect for comforting food, cocktails, and local wine on the patio or by the fire. For more information, visit them online at willowslodge.com. Hi, my name is Christina, and I live in Redmond, Washington. One of my favorite places to go in Seattle is La Toulouse Petite, and it's so amazing for Cajun. It's just amazing, and they have tapas and drinks, and you can be there for hours, and it's amazing. This is John Langley, food and beverage director at the Sound Hotel and Current Bistro in Belltown, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Constance Adams. Constance, my British name. She's constantly Constance. <laughs> and uh, we don't want to leave you without a couple of tips and tricks. What do you got? Well, I'm going to say that when a recipe calls for spreading butter on a sandwich before warming it in a skillet, Consider melting the butter and brushing it on the bread versus trying to spread cold or even warmed butter and ripping the bread. You can Such tell a good idea. I've done this. It was your idea because you were watching me make my little apple and cheese and ham sandwich, and I was trying to spread this butter on it and ripping the bread, and it was like, well, this is stupid. I don't know why I wasn't thinking. But um, if you put bits of hard butter and then put it in the pan, you end up with soggy bread, too. So it's so much better if you can just brush on the little bit that you need yeah. to brown the bread. You get the flavor. Gets more even spread of the, of yeah. the yeah, nice silicone brush. Yeah. yeah I tried that today, and it worked just fine. Yeah. So. And let me tell you, if, you, if you're going to make a grilled cheese sandwich and you're going to uh, put the, the butter on the outside of the mm-hmm. bread, don't put that in the toaster. <laughs> That'd be a really bad idea. Bonus tip today. Bonus tip. Bonus tip. Well, funny, because um, we're talking about butter. Now let's talk about the heart and soul of butter. (laughs) And that is butter without the milk fat. Some of us know that as clarified butter. Some of us know that as ghee, G-H-E-E. And it is, you know, it's kind of like if you like buttery Chardonnay, this is going to be the ultimate buttery flavor you can get is using ghee and so 
key is something really easy to keep at the house. Keep in the house. You don't have to put it in the refrigerator. It'll last in this little glass jar for months. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of cooking with oils, like, please don't cook with vegetable oil please, ever. Canola. And canola, please don't cook with canola oil. And please don't cook with grapeseed oil because these are all bad oils for you. But you could substitute and get a really nice buttery flavor when you use ghee. Um, you could use it on sandwiches like Connie was talking about. You can use it in um, crab cakes instead of using just regular oil that they tell you to put in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a pretty nice smoke point on it, so you can run it up to about 400 degrees and not have it coagulate and make cancerous juice. <laughs> carcinogens. Yeah, carcinogens. So um, uh, the other thing you do with it, and this was, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about 32 Bar and Grill, mm-hmm. and when they brought me my pulled pork sandwich, they had buttered the inside oh, of the, the buns. mm and uh, it's quite good, quite good. So uh, ghee, that's the one to get. You'll find it at your better grocery store, not always in the dairy section, but um, usually nearby. It doesn't have to be refrigerated, so you might find it on a shelf over in the baking area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do typically at better stores like Town & Country. Whole Foods. Whole Foods, PCC. It's usually in the refrigerated area. But you don't have to put it in the refrigerator. You can just leave it out on the counter. You know, it's Whole Foods or or maybe both Whole Foods and Metropolitan Market. It's not in the refrigerated area. Okay. Yeah. So the best thing to do if you've not found it before, just ask somebody. They'll know where it is, and then you'll know from then on. Yeah, and it's not cheap. But remember, uh, with ghee, you only need a third of, of what – so if they call for a tablespoon of butter, you only need a teaspoon of ghee to get the same – Volume of flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good deal. All righty. All right. It is time to wrap up our June show. Thank you for joining us this month. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. All right. Dine safe. Dine well. Dine in. Dine out. <laughs> Take out. Cook at home. Just keep eating. All that stuff. Sharpen your mind. And we'll see you back here for the July show. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, a Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show